0: This episode is brought to you in part by The Table Podcast from the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. I'm Daryl Bach, one of the hosts, and I invite you to join us as we discuss issues of God and culture, which includes anything and everything. Listen on your podcast app or at dts.edu slash the table.
1: This episode is brought to you in part by Zondervan, publisher of The Perilous Fight, overcoming our culture's war on the American family. Written and narrated by retired neurosurgeon and politician, Dr. Ben Carson. Available now, everywhere you get audiobooks.
0: Welcome to Questions and Ethics with Russell Moore, where we apply the gospel of the kingdom to cultural issues and your questions about the Christian life.
2: Today's question is, how should a pastor address cultural issues from the pulpit? One of the things that I hope to see us change is there are some people, for instance, who will address abortion when it's Sanctity of Human Life Day. They'll address some of these issues, but they'll address them only topically and all together. Now, I think that a Christian citizenship on Fourth of July, something like that, that's fine and appropriate to have those special emphases days. And I think it's good to step back and say, okay, today we're going to talk about racial reconciliation because it's Racial Reconciliation Sunday or something like that. But that can't be all that we do. We have to be, as we're preaching through the text, we have to apply the text, which means we're coming through and we're saying, where are my people not seeing this? What, what does, how does this apply to? So, for instance, one of the things I'm convicted about is that when it comes to the issue of abortion, that the devil is working in one of two ways, deception and accusation. So what he wants to do is to say to that young woman or to her parents, and it doesn't matter whether or not that person says, I'm pro-life, it doesn't matter what the ideas are that person has, when you see the two lines on the pregnancy test, Then what happens, and what the devil wants to say is, is what he said in Genesis chapter 3, you will not surely die. This is this is going to solve this problem and then you're going to be able to to get over it. Uh, I read an article that was just grieved me to the core of my being because it was by an abortion clinic worker who said people assume that the people who come in here are secularists and liberal progressives, and they're not. She said most of the people who come into our abortion clinic are Roman Catholics and Southern Baptists. She said, and what they say is this, the Roman Catholics say, I know this. She said, and they're not people who are saying, oh, this isn't a, a child, this is just a blob of tissue. People say, I know what I'm doing is wrong, but I'm gonna go to confession, or I know what I'm doing is wrong, but I prayed to receive Christ and once saved, always saved. I mean, now that's, that is the sort of deception that says, let us sin all the more that grace may abound. And then the devil wants to work at the level of accusation. So nobody's more pro-choice than the devil on the way into the abortion clinic. And no one is more pro-life than the devil on the way out of the abortion clinic. Because now he's turning and saying, I know who you are, I know what you've done, and you stand accused before God. When I look at the demographics and I realize, in every single congregation, you are going to have women in that congregation who have aborted. You are going to have men in that congregation who who have empowered abortion. And then you have men and women in that congregation who are going to be placed at that moment of decision. You've got to speak to all three of those groups at the same time and speak to the one and say, there is an accountability before God. Devil is lying to you and deceiving you. And then to speak to those, so you speak to those who think they're too good for the gospel. And then you speak to those who think they're too bad for the gospel, who think, you know, when they say sinners, they're talking about people who lose their temper in traffic. They're not talking about people who have aborted a child. To say, no, if you're in Christ, you've been crucified, you've been raised from the dead. So you speak to that explicitly and you get that out. And the same thing is when you think about the ubiquity of pornography. I think we've had some really abstract preaching that talks in, in general terms that doesn't really address the fact we have people in our congregation right now who are just erasing their histories on their computer and assuming that that's erasing the history in their heart. You gotta address that directly. And if you're calling people to repentance, you've gotta, you've gotta, if you're talking to Zacchaeus, you have to talk about stealing money. And if you're talking to the rich young ruler, you have to talk about covetousness. So if you're not addressing ethical issues, it's not only that you're not discipling people, it's also that you're not actually preaching the gospel. Because you have to get at what, what, repent of what? <laughs> Throw yourself on Christ for what reason? So you have to address those things. So I think that has to be in the ongoing ministry of the word. So you're you're preaching through uh, any given text, and you're saying what's happening in this text, and how would the people that I'm talking to find themselves in this same situation? I think that's that's necessary
0: If you'd like to submit a question, email us at questions at erlc.com. That's questions at erlc.com. Or on Twitter and Facebook, use the hashtag AskRDM. Thanks for listening to the Questions and Ethics Podcast with Russell Moore. To check out future broadcasts, subscribe via iTunes or visit us on erlc.com.